Roadman Saf. Hey everyone, this is Neil. Hey yo, it's your boy Funky, the coolest teen rapper online. What's up? It's me, Alfie. You're listening to The Cool Table with Aiden. And you're listening to The Cool Table. You're listening to The Cool Table. And uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but right now, you're in the cut with my man, Adriel Smiley. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. We are here on The Cool Table. My name is Adriel Smiley, a.k.a. Adriel Smiley Official, a.k.a. AdrielSmiley.com, a.k.a. The Godfather. Now here today, we are in the cut with I Am Hill. What's up? Good to see you. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us. I, I got the pleasure of hearing the project um, early. And once I heard the project, I was like, this is like an automatic. Got to chop it up. Got to see how this went down. The, 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 this is probably like a, uh, I'm going to say a dumb question because you, you've answered this to some degree before. But I do not think it's sellout when I hear this album. And so I think it's a very interesting, like, you know, a very interesting title for that reason. Because I, I, when you hear sellout, the kind of music I think of, I'm not going to name names, but it's, mm. definitely not, it's definitely not this. So I tell people why Sellout is a, is a good title. Well, it's the whole, not the whole album, but a lot of the album is very tongue-in-cheek, right? So Sellout is kind of like, it's more like the antithesis of Sellout. You know what I mean? The whole album is kind of making a jab at the concept of selling out and like why people would sell out and just like, how ridiculous all of those reasons are. You, you, you have like a lot of answers on here for questions that I feel like people are not always, always, always want to ask in terms mm-hmm. of like the value of music, how we, how we talk about it, how we talk about, how we talk about artists now. Like, was there something that happened that made you want to dive into that um, so much? Or was there someone you thought of? Um. I think it was all just personal experience. I moved to LA, you know, and I was experiencing LA culture for the first time. That was like about eight months into my, into my living in LA that I made this album. And also just um, had been having a lot of conversations about label deals and how they, how they work and conversations about, you know, how you land a label deal, which is to basically whore yourself out on social media. Don't get me wrong. It can be really fun. And some people are very good at it. And I respect that, but it's a game, you know, it's a game and you have to be willing to play that game. And then there's, you know, just the, the whole, the whole premise of pop culture and celebrity culture. I think celebrity culture is taking some interesting turns lately, but I think it was just, me going headfirst into that, you know, I, I grew up in um, a city, but a small city in Northern Canada and being in the U S really, I felt like I was really submerged in it. And it, it, I think this album was just me getting all that shit off my chest. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying about like, you kind of got to whore yourself out for social media like that. Cause it's funny. It seems like that's the way that they tell everyone to do it. And I feel really bad for the people who it's like they do it even though they don't want to. You know, you I, I spoke to Alan Raymond about his project and he was saying that we have to just believe that good music is good enough, you know, and there's a huge. I wish. <laughs> yeah. I that, wish. That, that's what that's what I thought of when I when I thought of your project, because like I, I, I love that's why I wanted to chop it up. But. It, it, it's clear that that's what you think. Like there's, there's so much mm. different ways to go on this project where it's like, there could be a way that someone likes this song, but totally hates this song. And I like that idea of it's like, I'm not trying to please everyone on this. Like, do you feel, mm. do you feel like that in yourself? Because I feel like 
the idea of good music can still be good enough. Do you feel that like, yo, listen, what I'm doing is good enough that the rest is just kind of up to the universe, so to speak? That's exactly how I feel. And that's how I like to approach it. You know, I've never, I remember even being, you know, I'm early in my like songwriting experience. I was, I, w- I caught myself writing th- things that I, I thought my family would like and things that I thought that they would, uh, you know, they would, they would approve of, I guess. And as soon as I put that down and decided to only make music that I love, everything started to work for me just creatively. Um, you know, who knows what, what, what the definition of success is in a music career these days, right? It's very, it's all over the map, but as a creative, for sure, I had to, I had to completely stop caring what other people think and completely trust my instincts. And um, I think it's, I think it's done me well just because I like my albums, you know, I think that counts for something. I honestly do. It, it should, it should, like it, you're the one who yeah. has to live with it more than anybody. So exactly yeah i mean the number of times i listen to those songs it's like if you don't like if you don't like it you're in serious trouble <sighs> for sure so. for sure um i want to ask you about side b i have some actual lyrics to ask you about but my question is has anyone hit you up about that song so here's a fun story about this my mm. partner's mom is this very very sweet very lovely lady and i guess his sister was having a conversation with her um uh, I don't know, last month or something. And she had heard the song. And she was asking his sister, like, do you think that song is about Oh, <laughs> uh, I couldn't. That's couldn't weird. It. So I've had people ask me about this. That song is about nobody. That song, mm. I wrote that song as, you know, I remember writing the first like line and Mike, I'm, I work with Mike a lot. who's also worked with John Orpheus, who I think has been on here. And, and I was just like, I don't know, this is what's happening in my brain right now. So I think we have to write it. And it's like, amazing anything you know we we love to write blissfully ignorant pop mm-hmm. music when we can so that's that's all it is you know i think i you know it's saying something it's saying like i, I have the right to do what i want until we have a an agreement and we you know whatever whatever that agreement is because i think it should be unique for individuals mm-hmm. coming together but also it's just kind of like that song doesn't mean anything and that's what i like about it that's what i like about it I, I thought it was so interesting because this so- sounds like the type of song that someone will assume it's about them and it's not mm. about them. So I thought that mm-hmm. and I, th- I thought it was extra funny for that reason, because sometimes that song is like, oh, whoever that's about, I feel bad for that guy. But this is yeah, a song well, where it's like there's, there's some guy wishing this is about him low key. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I know the guy I was dating at the time. Uh, he's in L.A. still. Well, Texas and L.A. And he he took it on the chin. He was like, OK, this is a song you wrote. Fine. OK. Yeah. So props to him. Props to him because he was just like, it's fine. Big shout out to him. This is one of my favorite lines from the whole project, but it's on side D. You said, you act like I owe you something just for looking at me. I thought, I thought that's that, that uh, was a really heavy line. Talk about that one. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, this is like a very common, you know, as women, we get yelled at walking down the street. Right. So I've had an experience before where I, I just like looked at the guy cause he had his window down. He was yelling at me. We were on a residential street and he was at a, a four way stop. So the guy looked like a fucking idiot. And I just looked at him and like kind of shook my head and he's, you should say thank you. And it's like, I don't owe you. And the number of times I've gotten that kind of attitude from 
people who, and it's not just men, right? But it's just people who, who think that them paying you attention means that you should be grateful, but that's such bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I thought of when I heard that line. And I like the way you said it in the song, because I'm like, that's such a wild way to think. And the way you described it as in like, you think I owe you something just for looking at me, that really encapsulated as like the word audacity, you know? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, you need to be like, really the audacity for, for it to go that far. So I feel like you explained yes. audacity in, in the non-dictionary way. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Good perfect. word. Yeah, that's a perfect word for it. Mm-hmm. What what would you call this project a soundtrack for? I like to think of, of albums as like, this is what I would drive to or what I would get ready mm. to or things like that. Is there like an activity that you put with this project? Because this this is a project I can honestly say, I have no idea what the activity is for this one. So I came to the source. Do you, ha- do you have uh, something in mind for that? This is such a cool question. Um... Some of these songs are easily workout jams. Some of these songs are like sex music. Some of these songs are party music. Like some of them, I can hear them playing at a club. But ultimately, it's it feels like it feels just like night music. Like whatever it is you're getting up to, whether you're at home and you're just like getting high by yourself, or you're at a party with friends and you want to get crazy. There's you know side D and there's there's but it's like it goes really far in different directions and a lot of it feels really introspective too. So, you know, being at home, listening to it by yourself, there's tracks that might feel right, you know, just to kind of explore your own, your own interpretation of it kind of thing. You know, I I like to do that with music. I like to listen, you know, one of my biggest influences um, over the last few years was banks. Um, I guess more like around 2017 through 2018, uh, and that's how I listen to her music. I listen to her music if I need to put my, if I want to be in a mood, if I feel like I want to, um, you know, exercise and not exercise, but like exercise, get yeah. something out of my system. So I feel like this is a good album for that too. Like if you have something you need to get out, like mm-hmm. this is a good album to help you access whatever those emotions are and just kind of let it rip. I think that would maybe be a good thing. Listen, I think that's an activity you need an album for. You know, I, I, I had so a, someone I knew said, like, I have an album that I cry to. And I, and I thought to myself, I don't have a go-to Shit. album to cry to. When it's time to cry, I got to kind of scramble to throw something on. So this mm. is like the step before that. Maybe it's not an album to cry to, but you got something you got to get out. You need yeah. something uh, for that. So no, I, think, I think it's very, very useful. You, know, you talked about starting the project or doing the whole project in L.A., what was the first song that you did? Like, what was the song that started it? Be like, okay, this is how we're going with it. I want to look at my track listing because I don't actually know. I feel like um, there was probably a song on this record that kind of happened outside of the, like, there was like a block of time during which we kind of made the album. That was, but let's see here. Okay, here's my track listing. Um, maybe sell out side B. Mm. I know which one happened last, and it's not out yet, it's on the album. The first one might have been, it might have been sell out actually. Interesting, because I remember I wasn't sure if I wanted sell out to be on the album, but Mike was really, really bullish on it, so so 
we kept it. But for a while, I was like, I don't know if I need this, but it kind of set the tone for the whole album. And obviously now it's the title of the album. But yeah, that would be, that would be the one. It's not, it's not out yet. You know, it's part of the, part of, it's not even a single, right? But mm. I think that's part of the first one. So that's interesting. Work. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I always, I always uh, find it interesting to find out what the first song made is because it's like you're starting the destination and, and where the album ends up going. It's this mm-hmm. interesting to see, you know, where, mm-hmm. that, where that starting um, point is. Now you've, you've done a lot with NFTs and I, I, I want you to kind of give me like a little crash course. And this is for the, all the independent artists who are listening to this podcast, watching this video, because I think that not in no secret, the music industry is doing some crazy things and people are, people are not getting kind of, you know, paid correctly for their work and nfts by the grace of god are kind of helping that you know change a little bit so for all the people who have heard about it and not sure the independent artists who you know want to kind of make that work for themselves give them a little crash course here sure i would say nfts um are not like the answer but they are a potential answer and i think blockchain technology could potentially make our lives much 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 better um, I've been a part of minting three NFTs now. Um, one was with another artist called Nymphaea. The second one was my own NFT, which I minted on Catalog Works. And I've bought two as well. The third one is in the, it, it's like midway through. I haven't actually listed it yet, but it's up on Catalog. So I will be um, listing it probably like July after the album drops. Um, so here's my take on on music artists entering the NFT space. There are a handful of platforms that you're gonna wanna look at. Um, Sound XYZ uh, has a high barrier of entry. Catalog Works has a mid to high barrier of entry, I would say mid, but uh, you know, they're they're curating their their space. Um, And then I think you can mint music. I should really check this out. I think there's a few other minting platforms for music and maybe Zora is an option, but um, here's what I think. If you have the means, because the problem is it costs money to mint, right? It's not free. And it's not the kind of price that you're paying with like TuneCore or CD Baby. It's more. Depends on what gas prices are at the moment that you're minting. So it's not it's not just a walk in the door and see what happens game. You know, you have to invest in it. You have to make sure you're prepared to be in the space because if you mint something and then you don't, you never participate in the spaces, you never go on, you know, you never check out any Twitter spaces. You never, you know, see what communities are out there or like try going on discord. Then there's, there's not too much reason for you to be minting because most of the goal is, is community because Web3 is all about ownership, right? So if you want to encourage ownership of whether that's you encouraging someone to own your NFT or join a DAO that is linked to your artist project or you know, somehow participate in your project, because that's really the goal. That's what it is. If somebody buys your NFT, they're they have stake in your project. They've they've fun, you know, it's like you have a Patreon, like a high-tech Patreon. And so if you're not engaged in that somehow, then I would encourage you to focus on what, what you are engaged in, you know, because everybody's got their own lane. And if you prefer web two, if you prefer Instagram, if your fans are on Instagram, don't leave just for the sake of minting an NFT. It's so early in the game. Like you're, it, there's no rush. This is the long game, you know, and the technology is morphing and it's, 
improving and it's got a ways to go, you know, like this is not, this is not a done deal. It could all go to zero. We don't know. We have no guarantee. So I think if you have the financial means to try it and you have the time on your hands and the willingness to participate in those community communities that are on Twitter and discord, et cetera, then you should go for it because it's, it's, it can put the power back in the hands of the artist. If they, if they are, if they find unique ways to build community around them, if they know how to give back to the community, it can, it can give back. And I love the idea that artists set their own prices. That's something that, you know, I, I think the way that art is valued in our society is very strange. Um, and obviously as a musician, I think about music the most. So this, this is one thing that I really love about the NFT game is you can set your own prices, but if you're not, if you're not participating and engaging people and, and, you know, finding ways to be authentic and, and join in other communities and support other artists yourself, whether that's just being around them or investing in other people's art, if you're, if you have the means again, then that's, that's a good way to go. I would say it's worth giving it a shot. Two things that you said that really, I think were helpful is talking about power and community and I think that that is is the real thing that I feel like the music industry and, and what you said about how they just deal with art in general has really changed the way community feels mm-hmm. with an artist. And so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, whatever you can do, you know, in your own way to bring that back, I think is, is the most important. You know, th- even thinking about the artists that I was huge fans of as like a kid and a teenager compared to the mm-hmm. artists I'm huge fans of as an adult. It's like, a, I, it's, like it's even hard for me to be as much of a fan i may love their music just as much but it's like the, i don't even have the avenue to be totally. as much of a fan so yeah totally the, the power i think is important yeah celebrity culture is shifting a lot for sure and the way that we have access to to, to people is shifting right so it's all about managing that and and yeah. understanding understanding how much value there is in in really like real relationships you know like it's a very different thing. Yes, man. Celebrity culture is is a crazy place. You're you're absolutely yeah. right right about that. And um, L- LA LA is the craziest um, of them all. I I gave you a heads up <laughs> earlier about some questions we had, and it is mm-hmm. coming is coming to that time. Now, okay. they say the top five people in your life help make you who you are, define what your future is going to be. So. Who are the top five people in your life who help you be you? Your top five can be a two or your top five can be a 10. But who are the people in your life who help you be you? I mean, obviously it starts with the parents, right? My parents are both very open-minded, very supportive. Um, You know, no parents are perfect, but mine really did everything they could to support me and and help me, you know, learn more about music and, and study music as I grew up. I don't take that for granted. So that's a big one. Um, definitely um, was always really strongly encouraged by my best friend, who's still my best friend. She, we met in like grade 10 and she always wanted to hear whatever I was making or writing. And she had, you know, she's just like the most generous person and she just always wanted to hear things and she was always excited about things and that helped me be excited about my really early stuff which makes a huge difference and then I would say um I have obviously I've worked with Mike for years now Mike Schlosser is my most frequent collaborator and producer um we've designed a sound pack together we've done a ton of work together and he's been he's really great at 
creating a safe space for people when they're writing. And he's really um, eloquent himself, which has made a big difference in my ability to, you know, pump out content because it's not all on me. He, he contributes so much to the writing part as well. So I would say that's been really formulative for me as a writer and an artist. Um, I also have a, my mixing engineer, Brad Smith, he's always been a big part of my music career from day one as well. He's introduced, he introduced me to Mike actually. And he's always been very like, um, he loves to, he loves to encourage female producers. Both Mike and Bradley are always very big about like, you should do it because you can do it. And like, if you can do it, then you should do it. Don't go pay some dude to do it. Like you have the skills, you can do it. You should try to do it. And that really was a huge launching point for me as well. Um, in terms of like style, because I think style is really important. I think having a, having good taste is really important. Um, I had a manager named Michelle and she actually worked mostly in fashion PR when, when I worked with her and we only worked together for about a year, I would say. But in that time, I learned a lot about, um, about fashion and about style and about authenticity and about presenting yourself. And, and she helped me think about branding in a way that didn't make me annoyed. So that was also really formulative for me, I think, because when I hear the word branding, I'm like, like what I'm just, I'm a human, I'm a human and I'm not a brand, but, but it's, it's real. You know, if you want to, if you want to cultivate a universe as an artist, it's a brand. That's what that is. And, and you can do it in a way that feels really authentic and really cool and really interesting, right. To you, you just have to take the time to, to look at every angle and, and curate the pieces of the culture that you're seeing around you that suit you and that, and that um, are true to you, you know? So that was, that was a big one for me too. Um, I think that's a pretty good list right there. You know? That list sounds solid to me. You got the people yeah. holding you down. Um, and that thing you said about branding, I think is huge because branding is like, hearing brand times makes me cringe. Um, me too. And, and you're like, that, that's a, yeah, it's a person. So to have someone make you feel good enough that it doesn't feel like that, no mm -hmm. small feat, no small feat at all. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested to see where you're going to take this question. You gave a little bit before we started recording about where you're thinking about going. So I'm interested to see where you end up. But <laughs> I want to say before this question starts, I don't make the rules. These are the rules that society has given us. I don't make them. When you get $100 million, you clearly have to buy an exotic animal. Mike Tyson with his tiger, Justin Bieber with his monkey, Michael Jackson with his monkey. It just seems like once you get $100 million, that's where your life is set to go. So when you get $100 million, what animal are you bringing into your life? It's actually, it's actually a no-brainer for me. First, I'd get a dog, but then a dog is not exotic. So I would get a lion. But I would also get like, I would get like many hundreds of acres of land so that that lion could not be super miserable its whole life. But yeah, definitely a lion. I just, they're just amazing. They're so beautiful. I love big cats in general, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I have a thing for lions. You know, those like Instagram clips or like video YouTube clips or whatever of people who like raise this lion as a cub and then they go back to the Sahara and they see the lion and the lion remembers them. And I'm just like, I can't handle those stories. Like, I want a lion. <laughs> so that's me. That's what I would do for sure. That's big vibes though. I, I picture like having a, a lion on your property and you just look out the window and it's just, you know, mm -hmm. it up. That, like, that, yeah. that's a, it's such a vibe, you know? And then when it's on its good behavior, you can come in the backyard when we have a barbecue. 
you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Good yeah. luck with that. Uh, I think I think you're the first person to say a lion for sure. I I, I think really. Yeah, I I feel like someone said a, a baby tiger. Okay. So that's that's the closest, but a lion. That's and interesting. I, and that's probably the most ferocious animal I think that anyone is has said for sure. Yeah, they're they're deadly. Sure. Be- beautiful but deadly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure someone has that tatted on them somewhere yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the last one we do a segment on the show called Wednesday Wisdom looking for a motivational quote or saying that either you remind yourself of or you share with the people around you so what's that for you that motivational quote or saying that you just always trying to remind yourself of don't be afraid of being bad at something don't not do something because you don't want to be bad at it do it and be bad at it and be proud of the fact that you're bad at it, but you did it anyway. Cause then next time you do it, you'll be less bad at it. And the next time you do it, you'll be even less bad at it. Just don't be afraid of being bad at things. It's like, it's hard. I have to remind myself every day, you know, I learn something every day. Um, and it's all just, I have to put my ego down. and like, yeah, I suck at this. That's fine. I'm going to do it anyway. So. No, I, I think that's a huge one, especially for, for little things. I think that, Mm. that's something that comes to mind we think about trying something new starting a new project but there could be little things in your life that you just may not know how to do well or you know some people can't cook a certain dish or something like that yeah and it's, yeah, it's yeah. okay for you to you know try and make that messy rice over and over again you know yeah. like no I think I think that one's um huge for me there's a point when I couldn't use a lighter and I would, I was like a little, a wee pup saying, want to light this for me? Someone, can someone light this for me? Aww. Yeah, I know. It, it was, it was rough. And then I had a friend who just said, you're going to have to figure this out, man. I can't, I can't take you places. And you That's have to That's a good deal. friend. Yeah. No, yeah. he was right. I was embarrassing him. I was, you know, I was, I was looking a little crazy. So I had to get over that one, figure it out. And mm. I had to be okay with being bad at using a lighter. So it's, it's mm. the little things and the big things. Um, I, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been an incredible conversation. I want to shout out your your you know painting in the background. It, oh I've, I've yeah, been this whole time. Calvin and Hobbes. I haven't seen yeah, those my guys buddy in a Travis. My buddy Travis custom made that for me. No, Travis makes it. You can look him up. I know. We ha- I have a bunch of his art here actually. No, that's, a, that's a that's a gem. Yeah. Hopefully, I can get his information mm-hmm. um, afterwards. But yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah. That, where do you? Where, where do you want people to tap in to support you? Is it your Instagram, your website? Like, where do you want people to really, really head if they want to get in touch and want to support you? Well, I would love to dictate that, but I feel like everybody's got their own platform that they like. So I'm not going to ask someone, like, I would say Twitter, but lots of people don't use Twitter. And then lots of people don't use Instagram. So just find me wherever, because I'm on all the things. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, I underscore am underscore hill um yeah just you know spotify apple music whatever you want do it your way so good anywhere anywhere you can find someone on social media on the interwebs she's there Uh, i want to thank everyone for making it to this part of the podcast you know what to do leave a rating and a review five stars not a single star less make sure you subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify ready to listen to podcasts all episodes of In the Cut and The Cool Table can be found at adrielsmiley.com. And of course, until next time, know yourself, know your worth.